Hello, everyone. And this. In this episode, we're gonna. In this episode, we're gonna quickly cover the Oscar nominations. Later, I'm gonna be joined by a friend to preview the new Disney Plus Marvel series, The Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, yeah, it's a lot about the Oscar, so we're gonna get straight into it. Hello and welcome to this special Stroke Emergency Popcorn for Dinner podcast episode. As always, I'm joined by my co-host, Rivera George Thatcher. It's Oscar Nominations Day. The nominations for this year's Oscars were released today. Um, Obira, you haven't seen any of the nominations, have you? No. Yeah, and I watched them live. I've been thinking about them for the past two, three hours. So give us your give us your live reactions. What if you if you want to swear, if you want to laugh, if you want to cry, just give it give it all out. Um, hashtag content. Before we get into it, shout out to your sister. It was her birthday over the weekend? Jeez. Shout out. Twenty six. Shout out to Obira's like, sister. She's like washed up now. Yeah, she's getting. Old. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, shout out to her. Um, yeah. So um, there are some nominations here that I think are going to be pleasing to both of us. Some of us, some of them we've discussed privately of like who were. We're hoping that some of them are going to get nominated. And some are just flat out surprising. Okay, so I'll start with Best Actor in a Supporting Role. Sasha Baron Cohen for The Trial of Chicago 7. As Abby Hoffman, I think that's a performance that we, have, we both liked. Um, Daniel Kaluuya for Judas and the Black Messiah, which is a movie that we're going to talk about quite soon. And it's a role that's a performance I'm very, very impressed by. And I, I think he is the favorite to win this category, and rightly so. Um, Leslie Odom Jr. for One Night in Miami, Paul Rassi for Sound of Metal, which is again another performance that I think we were both hopeful that he would get nominated, but weren't really sure. We didn't really, we didn't know if he was going to make it. And then Lakeith Stanfield, that blew my mind when I heard it. I could not believe what's because like all through the award season, like it's been Daniel Kaluuya. That's right. Nobody was thinking of Stanfield, and then to get Stanfield in the Best Supporting Actor, I'm just like, wow, that's like. It's just I'm very happy because because his performance in the movie and you haven't seen the movie yet, have you? I haven't seen the movie yet, so I was wondering. You know, it's two supporting actor nominations from the same film. Um, was this a way of? Is this kind of how they you know campaigned around it? Or because I'm not sure. I mean, wasn't um, Lucky Stanford? Wouldn't you say he was more of the main actor in this? Or he had more screen time in this in this movie role. Yeah, so um obviously before I'd watched um Judas and Black Messiah, I'd already started seeing Kaluya getting nominated in Best Supporting Actors. I was like I was intrigued to know why that was. And then I watched it and it made sense. Like you can make the argument that it like Keith is the main character in the film because the film is kind of mostly told through his perspective. But there's a campaign essentially, right? So actors, directors, producers, they campaign for what what category they want to be in. So there'll be, um, for your consideration, think of Daniel Kaluuya and Best Supporting Actor. So I think the logic here would have been that Lakeith and Kaluuya kind of are co-leads and could as well be supporting actors. Like- Wouldn't that just split the vote then? I think this is like this is kind of what I hate about. I mean, I love what doing an Oscars pod, but something I really hate about the Oscars is like the runoff voting and the process of how one is actually chosen and how normally it's... It's the safe choice that gets voted in because of, you know, runoff um, votings and how things are eliminated and, you know, the whole process on that happening. So, I mean, it's you've got two people in the same role and in the same movie. Um, I'm not sure why you've done that. I think Kaluuya is so... I think Kaluuya is so far gone in terms of voted. I don't... I, it might split the votes, but I I can't see uh, Lakeith taking that many votes from Kaluuya. I think Kaluuya still wins it. Yeah, I think he's... Because it's not that... Type. And it isn't, it isn't that thing, right? Both Kaluuya and Stan... And just look, again, I do not know either of these people personally, so all this is theorizing, isn't it? But I don't think 
And we'll get to Best Actor in a minute, but Lakeith always had a better chance of getting nominated in Best Supporting Actor than Best Actor, right? Yeah. Best Actor is so packed. Uh, I mean, alternatively, the case could be that he ran as a Best Lead and then the Academy was just like, go support it. Which, I mean, yeah, you people want to argue about it, but like, honestly, I don't care because I don't think they're going to nominated in Best Lead. Um, it's a movie where people are arguing about who the lead is. So doesn't that just mean that like either could be supporting? When you watch the film, you understand, but like the way the film is set up, like either Kaluuya or Stanfield could have claimed to be the best actor, and either could have claimed to be the best supporting actor. It's, it's that's kind of the way the film is. It's kind of it's kind of like Pulp Fiction in a way. You know how it, there was this whole controversy about who is the lead actor in Pulp Fiction, Travolta or mm-hmm. Sam Jackson, and it could have gone either way, it could have gone either way, and that's kind of or, or the Departed as well. Yeah, exactly, the Departed yeah. as well. So. It's one of those things. But yeah, um, I, I've i seen all the movies in that supporting actor category and I'm very happy about it. I think we obviously had a very wishful thinking about Alan Kim from Minari getting nominated. That was very wishful thinking. Yeah. Um, I'm very happy with this. everyone who got nominated in that category. But yeah, this is Kaluuya, right? I, I, yes, I think if I was for money on it, I think it's Kaluuya. I don't know. Unless... All I can see is if, like, Lakeith really takes away his, like, some of his votes and maybe ends up going to Sasha Baron Cohen or Paul Rassi. But I think this is Kelly. I, I feel like he has too much steam behind him. Yeah, he's been doing the rounds as well yeah. in terms of, like, promotions and campaigns. All I right. feel like it's Kelly. And obviously, he's been nominated before for Best Actor for Get Out, didn't, didn't win. So, yeah, I think it's clear. Best Actress in a Supporting Role. <laughs> I, I warned you this was coming. You didn't want to listen to me. Mary okay. Abakalova, Borat, subsequent Borat movie film. film. Really? You said <laughs> in the podcast, I was like, are you serious? I told you it was coming. Wow. Um, Olivia Coleman, The Father. This is something, the the, the nomination that Father got something we did not expect. What? We didn't expect it to get that many nominations. What? The Father? The Father, Olivia Coleman. I've never heard of that film until <laughs> 10 seconds ago, I swear. I, I knew about it because I knew it's Olivia Coleman and Anthony Hopkins, but I didn't think it would be as big of a show as it did this this morning. Amanda Seyfried, Mank, which is <sighs> Mank is yeah. maybe like only you and I. Apparently got like the most nominations. Yeah, we'll get there. Amanda Seyfried, like we both, and we recorded our Mank episode like a while ago and we both wanted her to win. When we recorded it, it looked like she was the front, run, front runner. Now, God knows who's going to win in this category. Yeah. Um, I still, still holding out hope for Amanda Seyfried. Um, Yu jong Yun from Minari, that's the grandmother. That was, I know we're both very happy about that because we really yeah. wanted to get him into there. And Glenn Close for Hillbilly Elegy, which is, uh, I'm just like, <sighs> I feel like, that's one movie that's involved in this awards I know I'm never going to watch. I, the trailer came out and I was like, that, this is not for me. I can't yeah, watch. I love it. I love Amy Adams. I like Ron Howard, but just like, I cannot watch this movie. Um, but yeah, Glenn Close going to meet her. And if I was to put money, again, on who, who would win, I would go with her only because I kind of feel like the people are like, okay. Is it's it- your time. Now you've wasted, yeah. Yeah, she's the most nominated living person, performer without a win. So she has like eight nominations, no win. She was meant to win um, okay. a couple of years ago. and So, so let's do something. Let's say who do you think should win and who do you think will win? Let's... Actress in supporting role, I think Amanda Seyfried should win and I, I think Glenn Close will win. This is... Yeah, I just like, I don't know, man. And, well, it's meant to win. Borat, that Borat lady, I mean, the fact that she's nominated, it means people... If, it was, if I was going to will win, I would go Glenn Close, Maria Bakalova, Olivia Coleman, then Amanda Seyfried. Hmm. I think... I think... Um... I think who should win? I think, um, I think Seyfried should win. I think Seyfried should win. Who will win? This is such a big, I have no idea about this one because, I mean, if the Borat lady is actually nominated, that means people really like the movie at the same time. The lady from Minari, Yuzhan Yoon, she's been nominated as well. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if she wins. I think she knows. I think nomination is the most they're going to give her. I don't know if they give her the win. That kind of performance is that, you know, people really like that kind of like came in and did something special with what she had. Yeah. 
and oh, this is such a it is awesome. it is um but like so then close i think she was meant to win two years ago and then olivia coleman came from nowhere and won for the favorite so i don't know if olivia coleman's gonna do that to her again but... so just i'm not sure if you'd not to put you on the spot mm-hmm. but do you know who won the gold globes for best supporting actress yeah jodie foster i remember she won it in her pajamas and she's unlimited in this in this category so <laughs> it's all up it's all up in the air so let's go to best best actress in a leading role. We have Viola, the goat, Davis, mm-hmm. Maureen is Black Bottom, um, Andrea Day, which is very sub Andrea Day is literally she's limited here because of the Golden Globes. She obviously won at the Golden Globes very surprisingly, and I think that just kind of pushed her into Nath, do you know well I did hear of um Billy Holiday, the Billy Holiday movie right before the Globes, and I thought this was um there was a bit of noise on the on the movie. I think people did see this movie. I don't think it's well, maybe I think the Golden Globes was a bit of a surprise win, wasn't it? So that might have that might have been like, oh, okay, this is it's kind of like the No Country for Old Men um, effect where more people saw the movie as it was nominated and eventually yeah. and stuff. So, Andrea Day, United States versus Billie Holiday, Vanessa Kirby, Pieces of a Woman, um, Frances McDormand, Nomadland, and Kerry Mulligan, Promising Young Woman. Um, so, obviously, I've, I'm yet to see Nomadland, and we're going to get to that yeah, very, very same. soon. Frances McDormand is going to win, right? She's, I think this is going to be her third third Oscar. She's, like, running away with it. She's won what? everything I else. I'm not, I'm not too sure, you know. Who is gonna, who's going who's gonna to catch her? Who is who? I think either Viola Davis or Andrew Day might have something to say about that. Mm-mm. It would be so surprising. I think I think Nomadland has been like the runaway favourites, but I think when are the Oscars? It's end uh, of April. April isn't it? Yeah, I think there's a lot of time to. I will be. I will be generally. That would be the most surprising thing the Oscars have done in like yeah. five years. But I think. I think. Um, I think in terms of who will win, I think Frances McDormand will probably win. Yeah, and this would be her third. Yeah, her third one after winning for Fargo and three billboards. Um, yeah, but like, look, I want Viola to win. I think we've we've only had one um, black leading actress win. That was for Halle Berry, and that was a surprise as well, wasn't it? Yeah, all those years ago. Um, I think Viola is this might be her fifth Oscar nomination. I think Doubt, Help, Fences, fourth. So her fourth Oscar nomination. Um, yeah, but I think it's I think it's Francis McDormand. Nomadland just seems like the runaway runaway favorite and everything. And we'll get. We'll I think talk. it'll be that. Yeah, I think it'll be. I hear you, but there might be some kind of. Hey man, look, I'm hoping. I'm, I have nothing against Francis <laughs> McDormand, but I'm, if Viola Davis can can snatch a win, I would love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, best actor in a leading role. So you've not seen anything about this, have you? No. Okay, I'll give you a couple softballs first, right? Gary Oldman, Mank. Mm-hmm. I think we are both in love with that performance. We think this is probably the performance that he should have won an Oscar for. Not not that stupid Churchill movie. Let's hear. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony Hopkins, the father. Uh, Reza Med, Sound of Metal. Wow, now we're talking. I know, okay. right? Stephen Yeun, Minari. We got both of them in. We got oh, both Reza okay. Med and Stephen Yeun in. Hey, big up, big up ourselves. <laughs> And obviously, the late great Chadwick Boseman for Marini's Black Bottom. Um, I think this haven't watched what four out of five of the films. I yeah. I think I think Chadwick should win, and I think Chadwick will win. So I, I don't want to sound like a say it. Say, I know what you say. It. Do you feel like his passing has there's that added layer of yeah? Well, here's the thing. Now, um, it's I've seen I've seen three of the. F- Five. Yeah. I haven't seen Marini's Black Bottom yet, but um, but I think like we just can't, you know, ignore the fact that there might be an added layer of yeah, no, 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 it's inevitable. It's inevitable. There's an added, there's an added layer of it, right? But I think he gives the best acting performance out of all of them, mm-hmm. right? Look, we've spoken about Minari, we've spoken about Sound of Metal, we've spoken about Mank. We love. All three of those performances, right? I think those are like incredible leading man performances. But when you see Marini's Black Bottom, that is like a movie star acting. He's 
And it's, you know how, it's not about when you act theater productions, like theater is bigger and bolder and just louder than... Yeah, more personal as well. It yeah. gives you that kind of, it's like Denzel in Fences, it gives you that kind of like space to be big and, and go out and it's... And then when, obviously when you watch it, like you can't really take away from the fact that you know that this guy was literally dying as he was giving this performance, right? The Oscars, should, I think an, an award should recognize the best, right? But it should also recognize what goes into a performance, right? Mm. Chadwick giving a performance that is objectively top five of the year, right? While literally dying should be enough in at whatever, whatever it is, it should be enough to give him the award, right? But even without that, I think if Chadwick was still alive, I would still be saying I think it's the best performance of the year. Okay. Right? So I think the little people that might normally would like second guess themselves, I think, I think the fact that he's obviously passed away so tragically would make them just like vote for him this time. So it's annoying yeah. that that him passing away is gonna put like an asterisk on his win or whatever, but it is it is a, it's a great performance. I mean, the thing about like for example, um, like the Dark Knight, mm-hmm. I just kind of look at that performance and I'm just like, this is the best performance I've seen since like forever. He wouldn't have got an admission if if he if he if he was alive. Are we sure about that? I'll be, I'd have been very surprised. I, I, I'm, I agree with you. He should have won. But I don't think he would have gotten a mission if he was alive. Well, I mean, there was a lot of noise on... So what did he pass away before the movie came out in there? Yeah. Maybe. But I think just looking... Even just watching that performance and with everything, against every other performance, even like without his whole death hanging on. And mm-hmm. it's really hard to distinguish that fact. But... I'm just saying, like, that is the best performance and, like, one of the best performances I've ever seen in my life. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are all, like, really good performances. I haven't seen The Father. I don't think I'd want to see The Father, even though even they're trying to force me to see The Father. I think we probably need to fight fight, fight off, off screen. I don't know if I can talk about The Father for 30 minutes while some guy sat on a chair talking about his life. Um, yeah. I think out of, like, the ones I've seen, I'll probably give it to... Riz Ahmed. I think that's the one that I probably I was like, this is shit. This is like, I mean, all three. To be fair, I don't, I, like as long as Anthony Hopkins doesn't doesn't doesn't. You win. haven't seen the father. Stop this. <laughs> I read the premise. I'm just like, I'm not watching. So I would say this: that I've seen the trailer for the father, and it doesn't it doesn't seem like an Oscar baity film, quote unquote. Um, yeah, I wouldn't. To be fair, I won't mind either of those four. I don't think Gary Oldman will win. No, he won't. And I don't think Stephen. Yeah, I think this is Chadwick. I think he'll. Yeah, I think I think it's Chadwick. It's look, it's Chadwick. Win? Man. I think I. I think when when I'll probably make a more informed decision when I watch. Yeah, you've Chadwick watched it, but yeah, I have watched it. I think he should, and I think he will win. So okay, best adapted screenplay. Again, I told you you didn't want to listen to me. Borat subsequent movie film, The Father, <laughs> um, Nomadland, Chloe Zhao. One Night in Miami, Ken Powers, and White Tiger, Ramin Barani. Best original screenplay. This one was a surprise for me. Judas and the Black Messiah. Uh, Minari, Lia mm-hmm. Chung, Promising Young Woman, Emerald Fennell, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of Chicago 7. That's talking, isn't it? He's going to win that. Yeah, that's like talking with a screenplay, put him in, <laughs> put him in, in the... Nomination. Uh, okay, best original screenplay. I actually do, I cannot tell you who I think is going to win here, man. I it's it's so weird. Like I could see it going to either Judas or Minari or Promising Young Woman. I really can't. I think Minari should win. Mm. I think that should win as a screenplay. Yeah, probably. I think I, I think Minari is my favorite screenplay out of out of those. I mean, look, I'm a soaking head and whatever. And when it comes to writing, it's like pardon me interrupting your area of expertise but like it's like, it's like having Tom Brady like he can be 40 50 still at the Super Bowl he's still throwing the ball like <laughs> like like soaking even even the worst soaking is still like yeah. a very good screenplay even the so, newsroom in it yeah 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 I didn't mean the newsroom I was <laughs> I would fight for my newsroom um but yeah so like I don't think he should win I don't think he would win but I can see them just giving it to him because it's soaking but I don't think that's going to happen I think out of so I've seen, obviously, I've seen the other four, Judas, Minari, Promising Young Woman, and Sound of Metal. I think from a screenplay perspective, I think Minari is my favorite, but that's also because I love those kind of screenplays. 
I love just simple screenplays about families and humans and yeah, existence yeah, and things. Yeah. I, I love those kind of stuff. So um, I would go Minari. I would go. Can't tell you who would win, but I'll be my, I'll my vote. I think, no, I think Trial of Chicago 7 will win. Everybody loves talking in Hollywood now, and he's got a Yeah, lot of but like, uh, it's like Meryl Streep. Like, you always give her the nomination. It doesn't mean you always give her the win. Yeah, but it's not like Sorkin has been nominated like seven times and stuff where no, true. they don't really need the Oscar. I mean, he's won once. Yeah. He's actually oh. won once. That's, that's, that's a shame. That's, um, that's perfectly fine. <laughs> no, it's not. It's that kind of um, argument where everyone's like, LeBron has only won four MVPs. But if you kind of go down the years, or, or Leo has only won one Oscar. If you go down the years of his Oscar wins, look at who won that year. I mean, we've done this about Leo, haven't we? Like, we, we said that Leo should have won 2013, Wolf of Wall Street, over Matthew McConaughey. Did I say that? No, I said that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so. <laughs> but, like, if you, it's last thing you go down the years, you're like, mm, you can see. Um, best adapted screenplay, I... No I can't tell you who will win. I can't tell you who should win, but I think Nomadland will win. I think Nomadland's going to win everything it's limited for. <laughs> the, the, way, thing is like, the way it's moving, I think it's just going to win everything. Is, this might be like, um, what was that movie? That, is it La La Land that everyone thought was going to win everything then just ended up winning? I mean, La La Land won Best Director, though, and Best Supporting, and best supporting Actress, so, or Best Actress. Yeah, I mean, people are like, giving like an Oscar sweep and stuff, but I think yeah. this might be... Not the way Nomadland is moving. I think Nomadland, I think if that wins one Oscar, I would not be surprised. La La Land had Moonlight. Nomadland doesn't have a Moonlight. Doesn't have another movie that's pushing it. I mean, they're good. I won't say they're any great movies. That's my point. So Nomadland doesn't have a movie that's pushing it the way Moonlight is pushing La La Land. I'm saying they're really, they're good movies all around. I don't think there's one clear, distinct, this is going to win everything. I think there's a Silent of the Lambs. I don't think there's a... Yeah, but I'm saying I think that's Nomadland. Just not even because of the quality of the film, because I haven't seen it, but just because of its performance everywhere else. Like, it's just winning everything else. Like, no. So, uh, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, if Nomadland doesn't win any Oscar, I will not be surprised. Oh, I, it's not, that's not... That is impossible. I can I can place my <laughs> future mortgage on that. <laughs> So, okay, so let's just quickly go through. Best original score, Our Boys. Trent and Atticus Ross, yeah. Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross, nominated for Mank. Also, along with John Baptiste, nominated for Soul, so they have a double nomination. I think also News of the World was nominated and The Five Bloods was nominated as well. I think, um, I think Trent and Atticus definitely win. Jerk. But I'm not sure what what film I think they win for Soul, but if they win for Mank, hey, no problem here. Um, this is the Five Bloods only nomination, and we'll talk about that later. But that's just like that's abominable. Best international feature film, Denmark, another round. This is a very important nomination here, and we'll talk about it why in a, in a second. But this is a movie that I wanted to watch. It's from Denmark. It's starring Mads Mikkelsen from. From where do you know him from? Doctor Strange, Hannibal, Everything. Casino Royale, The Great Mads Mikkelsen. Um, it's a movie that I was planning on watching, but I didn't know that it was going to have such a showing at the Oscars. And it has a very, a quite important nomination coming up later. Um, Better Days from Hong Kong, Collective from Romania, The Man Who Sold His Skin from Tunisia, and Covadis Aida. For Best Sound, you have Greyhound, you have Mank. You have news of the world. You have sound of metal, and you have soul. I think we. I think that's sound of metal, isn't it? That'll be sound of metal. Wouldn't Pretty it? sure yeah. sound of metal wins that. Production design. You have the father, Mar- Marini's Black Bottom, Mank, News of the World, and Tenet. Um, best film editing. The father, Nomad Land, Chloe Zhao again, Promising Young Woman, Sound of Metal, and The Trial of Chicago Seven. Uh, best cinematography. Judas and the Black Messiah, Mank, News of the World. Nomadland, and The Trial of Chicago 7. Best visual effects, Love and Monsters, The Midnight Sky, Mulan, The One and Only Ivan, and Tenet. Best animated feature film, your favorite category. Um, <laughs> Onward, Over the Moon, A Shaun the Ship movie, Farmageddon, Soul, and Wolfwalkers. 
Then makeup and hairstyling, Emma, Emma, Hillbilly Elegy, Marini's Blood Bottle, Mank, and Pinocchio. Now, best director. Emerald Fennell, Promising Young Woman, David the Goldfincher, Mank, Lee Isaac Chong, Minari, Chloe Zhao, Nomadland, and Thomas Vinterberg, Another Round. Now, this came out of nowhere because nobody was putting his name like, we thought, so basically, Sorkin is not here. We thought, like, if when Sorkin came out, it was going to be, like, Regina King getting in. Like, Thomas Vinterberg for another round is just unexpected. Regina King wasn't there, was she? Regina King wasn't nominated, no. So, Thomas Vinterberg getting the nomination is quiet, because, like, nobody was really looking at the international film from Denmark to get the Best Director nomination. Um, I was. So, yeah, that's... Because I've been watching my Danish... Okay, I've been watching so... my Danish... Danish TV shows. You didn't even know, you didn't even know this movie. You didn't even know this. You... No, no, no. I, I know it's a movie about like this guy who's like drinking all the time, which you know. Wish. Don't don't. I, I've tried to stay away from anything about the movie before watching it. I don't want to know anything about the movie. Just know it involves a lot of a lot of drinking and Mads Mikkelsen being great at what he does. But yeah, man, big up. Because the, he's, he's up an incredible Danes. actor. Yeah, he is. Big up the Danes. Okay. <laughs> um. Okay. So before. Okay, let me just let me just tell you the best the best picture nomination. Best whoa, picture whoa, whoa. Let's so, before, wait, let's do let's do best director. Who should win and who will win, innit? Sorry, yeah. Um man, look, who should win? Do you mean my heart or my brain? Let's go with heart. Heart is a lot Because more they're two different things. Yeah. <laughs> my heart is always, my heart is always Fincher, yeah. man. Give Fincher his give give Fincher his Oscar. I'm tired of this. I think they might do that, you know. I think they might do that. They won't. They are not. Obviously, like five people love this movie, and those are, and two of those five are you and I. They're not giving him best director. But the movie is about Hollywood, old Hollywood, and you're you're forgetting who's who is who's voting. Yeah, but it's not painting Hollywood in a good light. Nah. Do you know who is winning this thing? Chloe Zhao. The dark horse is maybe Lee Isaac Chung from Minari, maybe. But Chloe Zhao is winning this. Like Chloe Zhao is finishing. The, this night with four Oscar wins. I can tell you that right now. Her, just her as a person. She's going to win Best Picture, Best Directing, Best Adapted Screenplay, and Best Editing. She's going to win four. Four Oscar wins. You're going to, it's going to be like Bong Joon-ho. She's going to walk up the stairs four times. Um, but yeah, look, who should, who, will, who should win? David Fincher. Who will, who will win? Probably most likely Chloe Zhao, man. Same. You know how the Oscars do this well, where they just like, there's a movie that is is known and is respected and is popular, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they, they're not going to give you any other award to just give you best screenplay, right? Yeah. It happened with Social Network. Mm-hmm. It happened with Get Out. It happened with Black Clansman. I think it might happen with Promising Young Woman again. Just like, we're not giving you best director. We're not giving you best picture. Just take best screenplay. So mm. that's possible. Okay, are you, are you ready to hear the best picture nom- nominees? The finale. Let's go. Okay. The Trial of Chicago 7? Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, there are only eight this year. And obviously, from next year, there will be a mandatory 10. But this year, there are only eight. So, The Trial of Chicago 7. Yep. Sound of Metal, a surprise. Yep. I didn't, weren't expecting Sound of Metal to make it. Promising Young Woman, Nomadland, Minari, another surprise, um, Mank, Judas and the Black Messiah. I'm very happy about that. I'm so happy it made it. And The Father. Oh, gosh. I love this mini arc of you, of you versus the father. Like the funny thing is, like I'm literally just like finding out like the father, like that movie. Once we press record on this pod, um, on this you're pod, like I've never heard of this movie before until you're like <laughs> you're like everybody in the world when um Sia's music was getting nominations at the Golden Globe, and you're like, what? What's this film? I've never heard of this film before. Um, Did you watch Oscar uh, no. the Grammys, by the way? No, I don't. I was going to ask you, should we talk about the game? I don't. It's just one best best album again for the third time. For the third time. Yeah, but like, doesn't she have, doesn't she have like this, doesn't she have like the business unlock? Like, doesn't, doesn't Taylor Swift like won the game? Yeah. Doesn't she already know what's they I... kind of gave Macklemore that award over Good Kid Mad City. I'm just like. Um, yeah, no, I don't want the Grammys because. But that's kind of like know, the whole point of. TV podcast. That's the whole point of um, most of award shows, isn't it? They're, it's all about controversy, you know. I they think, try to make and this is obviously, um, you know, the controversial picks just to drive engagement and stuff. Um, obviously, I'm biased because this is a film and TV podcast, but I think that's the worst award <laughs> body show. Like, I think they are just bad. 
right? Everybody else is bad, but like the Grammys are just terrible. Like they're just we can't. Why are we respecting you? Like give us a, let's create another music award body. Like the Grammys are just the headies. No. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, best. Picture. Yeah. No. Um. So yeah, those are the best picture nomination nominees. Again, look, I've said it. I think I think Nomadland is running away with this thing. I think Nomadland will win best picture, best director. I mean, there's always a surprise that something always comes in and shakes things up. The Oscars is, is four weeks away. Like a lot of things could change between between now and then. Um, so we'll see. Mank, like you said, led the nominations with ten. Ten. Ten yeah. nominations for David Fincher's Mank. I think they could probably win anything from like zero to three or four. So after Mank with 10, it goes Minari, Sound of Metal, Nomadland, Judas and the Black Messiah, The Trial of Chicago 7, and The Father with 6. So six films with 6. And then Promising Young Woman and Marini's Black Bottom both had 5 each. This is the first time two women are up for Best Director, which is... Okay. Okay. Academy, thank you for catching up to the times. Um... Chloe Zhao is the first non-white woman to be nominated, and I think she'll most likely win, so she'll be the first to win as well. Um, Chloe Zhao has four nominations, Best Director, Best... Is she Asian-American or um, just... I think she was born in China. China yeah. Let me confirm. Kind of, I think she used to... She's been quite critical of the Chinese government, and that's why they haven't shown Nomadland in China or something. They're not in Nomadland in China. I read some, maybe I'm just bullshitting, but I read something like that. Yeah, she was born in Beijing. She so she has four Chloe Zhao has four nominations: Best Picture, Best Director, Best Adapted Screenplay, and Best Editing. If she wins all four, I'm sure that would be some kind of record. Um Emerald Fennell has three nominations: Picture, Director, and Screenplay. Um Anthony Hopkins, who we all love, is the oldest best actor nominee. Um so this is Glenn Close for Jesus Christ, Hillbilly Elegy got both a Razzie and an Oscar nomination for the same role. Did she? Yes, and she could be the first person to win both a Razzie and an Oscar for the same role, which is, for anyone who doesn't know, the Razzies are the the Golden Raspberries Awards. They are the worst of the year, essentially. So it's worst actor, worst director. Your Halle Berry and Catwoman, your... Remember Cats? Remember that movie Cats? Cats, yeah. Did you watch that movie? Of course I didn't watch that movie. <laughs> um, of course I didn't watch the movie. Um, but yeah, so she got nominated for both a Razzie and an Oscar. And look, man, this movie, this movie was just made to get Glenn Close and maybe Amy Adams an Oscar. I'm so happy Amy Adams is not going to win an Oscar for this because she deserves better. Get, her, get a proper Oscar for a proper film. Obviously, Sandra Bullock won a Razzie because the Razzie is always held, I think, the day before yeah. the Oscars or a couple of days before. She won a Razzie for, I think, All About Steve. And then she she's one of the few people that's actually gone on to... Accept it. So quick, quick side, um, Razzie side note. So Sandra Bullock, she actually went to accept because nobody goes to accept their Razzies. Like, you're the worst. About. You're the worst of the worst. <laughs> the worst. Yeah. So she went, it? she actually accepted it. Um, and then I think she won the Oscar for The Blind Side like the day after. Um... Halle Berry, when she won her Razzie for Catwoman, she went to accept it, but she went with like her Oscar in her other hand. So she was uh, like, flex. flex on them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think this is this only the first time to get a Razzie and an Oscar nomination for the same role. It's just like, it, it, it's weird. It's like being nominated for player of the season and also worst player of the season. Like, it's just like, <laughs> what is going on here? What, what's happening? Uh, I just. <sighs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I think, Nomad, I think Nomadland will probably win best picture. And, yeah, I think Nomadland will finish like I think Chloe Zhao will win at least two of her four nominations mm. um, Francis McDormand will win um, they'll probably win like, I think they'll win like four or five they'll have like four or five wins at the end of the night um, Viola Davis became the most nominated black actress with her fourth Oscar nomination so she got Best Supporting Actor for Doubts, Best Actress for The Help, Best Supporting for Fences, which she won, and now Best Actress for Marini's Black Bottom. Fingers crossed that she can win. Seems very unlikely, though. Um, okay, so I'm not going to remember everything because um, 
we'll remember more as we go on, but like some just some notable snobs. The five bloods, only one nomination nothing. for yeah. score. Well, one. Nothing yeah. for Spike, nothing for um Deroy Lindo, just nothing for Chadwick, even for best supporting, just just nothing. Like nothing. And I think that really is because of when it came out. Brilliant. Like the five bloods came out in June, almost a year ago. So yeah. So I'm just looking at these nominations and I think what I was I thought Delroy Lindo was like a Stonewall, you know, he should have been in there and I'll probably have replaced Anton Hopkins with You stop stop it. You've not seen the father. With him. Stop, stop, that, stop. That family <laughs> just do nothing for me. Um in this day and age. But um yeah, a bit weird. I mean it's it's quite I mean we saw it coming. We saw it coming because he didn't get anything at SAG or the Golden Globes. Like we saw this coming. It's quite it's a bit of a modeled movie and you know it kind of bounces around and mm. it's not quite it's not very it's not a you know very conventional Hollywood film, so kind of throw people off in that sense. But um yeah, I, I do think when it came out it was like it, it really hurt it. It came out in June, man. And this Oscar's happening in April. That's almost 12 months. Yeah. Well, sorry, Spike. So, yeah. Sorry, Spike. Sorry, Delroy. Hopefully, hopefully it happens. Um, no Best Picture nomination for no for One Night in Miami, which, okay, surprising because obviously it's on Amazon. It's one of the few things I think people have actually seen and people actually like, but nothing. No Best Picture nomination for Marini's Black Bottom with five. They got five nominations and no best picture. But yeah, like like I said, six nominations for Minari, which is which is really good. We didn't expect that. I think you and I in our Sound of Metal episode, I think we literally said Sound of Metal could literally have zero or five right. Oscar nominations. Like we knew there was there was no middle ground and it ended up with six. So it's like Riz Ahmed is the second man of South Asian descent to win to get nominated as best actor after Ben Kingsley, whose father is Indian. Um, also the first Muslim. I don't know why they keep saying that because I don't really think I don't know why we keep saying that. But um, <laughs> the diversity, trying to get them diversity points and inclusivity. Yeah. Steven Yeun is the first Asian American Best Actor nominee. Also the first um, acting nominee that was on The Walking Dead. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, Andrew Andrew Day, at Best Actress, is still surprising to me. I, I, I didn't see that coming. Lakeith, I'm very happy for him. He's now. Huh, he's actually now the first Oscar nominee from Atlanta. Really? Yeah. I would have thought that he's not who I would have picked. I would have picked Glover or Brian Terry Henry first. So, yeah. Um, Keith is the first. Oh, from Atlanta, the show. Oh, right. I see. Thank yeah, from the show. Yeah, look, we're, to- we're going to cover most of these films in the-, in the weeks between now and the Oscars. So, please come back, go watch these films, come engage in the conversations with us. Um, I think, like Obi, I said, I don't know if there's maybe one or two like great films that we've seen so far, but a lot of them are good. Which is, well, it's not 2014. No, but it's also there's been no a, great films this year so far that I've seen. A lot of really good films, no great films. Yeah, but I've seen a great film that you haven't seen. So, which film is this? I don't want to tell you. Go, go watch it and make a decision yourself. Oh, gosh. I, I didn't say it was that. Did I say it was <laughs> No, you say anything. Uh, exactly. I didn't say it was that. You don't know what I've seen. Maybe it's The Father. How oh do you know? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Anthony Hopkins, good performance. Good performance. Olivia Coleman, incredible. Soul. No screenplay animation for Soul. Wow. Pixar, man. Maybe they've kind of come to the center and seen animations are just like, eh. <laughs> oh, shut up, man. Get some, get some joy in your life. Um, yeah. So, watched, please uh, come back. An episode of... It's always sunny in Philadelphia. I did not laugh once. Well, like the first episode. No, just an episode. Like my housemates are watching it as well. I was just like, this is not funny to me at all. Like this is just not my brand of comedy. But I watched Coming to America, the first one, with the fam and I. That was really funny. Oh, okay. Breaking breaking news. Obiara says that the classic film by a classic comedian is Couple funny. things haven't aged really well. Oh, yeah, obviously. A lot of obviously. Eddie Murphy's jokes have no age really. It was 1988. What do you expect? It was Eddie Murphy in 1988. What do you expect? That was really funny. I saw. I started watching the second one. I saw Michael Blackson. I just switched it off straight away and just. Went. Michael Blackson is in the second one. <laughs> oh my <laughs> god! That's actually that's actually affecting me wanting to watch it now. Just like I don't I don't want to see Michael Blackson on my TV. 
You know that um, Black Mirror episode, um, White Christmas, yeah. where, spoiler alert, like at the end, um, John Hamm could only, couldn't see people. Yeah. yeah. Right. Actually, I could do that for Michael Blackson. <laughs> just, whatever it's on, I just can't see him. Like, just figure it out. Whether it's on Instagram or Has Twitter or Wild and Out or whatever, I just don't Has see it. like an American accent or an African accent? Or does he just put on like a really weird fake accent? I don't even know. It's obviously a very weird fake Af- African accent that he does, but I don't even know what's not what no sounding voice is. Such a, such a weird, so much, weird, weird character. Ah, it's him so much. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but um, on the whole, like obviously, there's the whole there was the whole Oscars so white campaign in like I don't know 2014, 2015, and to be fair to the Academy, like. Not me trying to pat white people on their backs, but they did like go out of their way to make the academy more inclusive. They expanded by a lot. Like so many people have joined the academy now. That's why you have younger um, academy voters, more diverse academy voters. You have people like The Rock and like Asians and black people and everything. So I think that's what leads to, for example, Parasite winning Best Picture or nine out of the 20 acting nominations are not white. So like, that's a big step from when it was 20 out of 20. So, like, um, it's definitely, like, I think with the wider the um, academy grows and the more inclusive its members grow, then... Good post, you know, I think there's a really good chance that three out of four... Yeah. Are... I think there's a 90% chance that both male acting nominees are black, though, yeah. so... And they would have both been in Black Panther, so... Let's go. So, what do you rank Black Panther in terms of, like, your best... Why not doing this? Why not doing this? Because I think Black people really hate Black Panther. I think Black Panther is one of the best. Well, they are mad. They, I'm sorry, but they are mad. I, I'm like, I'm sorry. I think I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna rate it to you now, but it's like it's on my pro side. I think it's, it's like on... the Avengers, then Black Panther. Really? That's a, as in, wait, as in the first yeah. Avengers, 2012. I think just and then and then Black Panther. and then you have Black Panther second. I think the way the way the Avengers was able to bring everything together. Like, Oh my yeah, I think it's oh yeah, it's my yeah. We have we have Black Panther yeah. second. That's high. That's high. I mean, you're, uh, I mean, you're talking about like how a movie is much bigger than what it is yeah. on screen. I think yeah. that definitely comes to. So is that the equivalent of you giving Chadwick the Oscar because he passed away? <laughs> that was just a joke. Why are you laughing? <laughs> Jesus. Uh, <laughs> what's it a joke it's not, don't make, it's not make me seem sensitive I'm using your logic to, to, to... yeah no no I understand that's what, that's what I'm trying to say um, I definitely have Black Panther on like the good to great it's on, it's on the good side like it's not it's definitely be it's 100% in my like there was there are 20, 21 films it's in my top 40% but I don't know it's definitely not my second but it might be it might be my top 5 I don't know maybe top 7 um, I'll, I've never I haven't thought about it in a while um but back to what we were saying, yeah, look, I think it's a very diverse slate. Oh, very being in asterisk. It's a diverse slate and <laughs> hopefully it just gets more diverse. And I mean, look, if last year, last year we had a Bong Joon-ho win Best Picture for Parasite. This year we could have a Chinese, a female Chinese director win Best Director and Best Film. Like, that's just progress. No matter how we want you want to look at it, that's just progress. Parasite wasn't even his best film. Okay, okay. Here comes the memories of murder discussion. Okay, okay. All right, let's get out of here. I've been waffling for too, for too long. Yeah, let's get out of here. Okay. So this week, Marvel releases the first episode of The Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Um, we're going to cover it extensively on the podcast. After the second episode, the fourth episode, and then the finale, the sixth episode. Um, this is a show that follows Anthony Mackie's Sam Wilson, a.k.a. The Falcon, and Sebastian Stans, The Winter Soldier, also known as Bucky, Bucky Barnes. Um, it's set immediately after the events of Avengers Endgame. Um, we have Daniel Brühl returning as Baron Zemo, Emily van der Kamp returning as Sharon Carter. For anyone who's trying to remember, catch up about the story, about the characters, um, I mean, if you have the time, you could watch Captain America, The Winter Soldier, or Captain America Civil War, and probably Avengers Infinity War, and if you have more time, maybe Captain America, the first Avenger, and Avengers Endgame. But also, Marvel releases like this little seven to eight minute clips on Disney+, Plus, just 
titled Marvel Legends. So it's kind of like um, a a breakdown of the characters and everything. Um, yeah, so for our discussion on Falcon and Winter Soldier, we're going to be joined by our resident Falcon and Winter Soldier correspondent, Emmanuel Payasugiji. How are you, Emmanuel? Yeah, I'm doing good. Thanks. Um, I don't know if I deserve to be the correspondent, but like, <laughs> it's always weird because I'm probably the only person who is looking forward to this show more than all the others announced. So I, I never expected it to be the case, but so I think it's probably going to follow what is my favorite Marvel movie, which is The Winter Soldier. Um, just from that sort of political point of view. Um, so there's a character in the show that's from the comics is US agent, um, who is for all intents and purposes, a bootleg Captain America. Mm. So I expect like, you know, there'll be a sort of study into, you know, what that kind of icon of a character means to people on different levels. And, you know, you've also got the main characters we're following of Bucky and Sam, who are sort of the legacy of um, Steve Rogers, effectively. Um, so Winter Soldier is still your favorite Marvel movie? Yeah. Um, do you want to just talk quickly about why you like Winter Soldier? So it's my favorite Marvel movie because it's mostly just around that impact. Um, it was a real switch up to me from what had come before in phase one. I think it was kind of the first time that there was a sort of proper like B storyline that was kind of advancing as long as well as, you know, we had Cap dealing with, you know, facing Bucky and stuff like that. But then we had the whole Hydra thing kind of creeping up underneath. And so I really appreciated working on those levels and then having a different type of villain with uh, Alexander Pierce, who I think is very underrated Marvel villain. Yeah, I think he's a very underrated Marvel villain as well. You know, and then, you know, we had callbacks to the last movie. And it was where, you know, I really sort of got what they were trying to do with Captain America. Um, and I think it was a really good way of bringing him into the modern world. And then obviously I'm a big stunts and fighting buff. So, you know, I think that's where Marvel stunt work really went to the next level. And mm-hmm. the opening scene, you know, with Bathrock the Leper, who's actually coming back to this show apparently. You know, that first scene on his boat, um, you mm-hmm. know, the fights, the kicks, you know, the memes of Captain America never missing leg day. That was the movie where I said, okay, now I really get it from the sort of face value point of view in terms of action, but then also from the sort of character motivation and stuff kind of point of view for Captain America. And so I just really liked the movie on those levels. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at the MCU going forward as well, it sowed a lot of seeds, you know. Um, the mistrust in the government, which will come you know, probably more to fruition in Civil War when, you know, Sokovia codes are coming around. Yeah. I did like a Captain America piece, I think leading up to Endgame a while back. So I, as I went back to rewatch the trilogy and it just it just works. I I think first I think First Avenger is underrated. Um I also think like Marvel getting in the Russo brothers is like uh, top three, top five most important decisions they made. Like you have casting Downey <sighs> recasting Hulk. Yeah. And I don't know, like, I think Russo Brothers, like, I can't really think of anything else that's like... Yeah, its legacy really goes on to the rest of the MCU. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the Russo Brothers come in and that's, you know, what, you know, they're probably the most legendary MCU directors at this point, if you're just focusing on the MCU itself and all what they've done out mm-hmm. And even, like, little things, because, again, I like my soundtracks and stuff. That was one of the early times where... You know, I noticed Marvel really stuck to their theme formula. So, you know, Cap had this actual theme that, you know, played in all his action sequences. Natasha had one. You know, Bucky had one. You know, it, it was standard stuff, but now it's it's commonplace in every Marvel movie. Um, obviously, as you can imagine, I love. It also has the best Captain America suits. Yes, by far. Best suit. <laughs> the reaction that people have given to WandaVision. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that would affect Falcon and Winter Soldier's reception because people might be like, oh, well, now we've gone back to something that is a bit more formulaic, a bit, mm. we wanted it to be a bit more out there. You know, we are probably part of the hardcores, right? Mm. So the hardcores, I think, will be the ones that are like, um, 
you know, you know, we'll be the ones who appreciate the weird stuff. I'm very sure a lot of the casual people are like, for God's sake, just take me back to my one villain, three act structure. What do you call it? Okay, so you mean the casual, casual MCU fans? Yeah. Yeah, because there are people who I know, just, just even just seeing on my timeline, anecdotally, like they came into One Division because it wasn't MCU stuff, right? You're right. I think the casual MCU fan. But again, mm, I mean, maybe even the hardcore MCU fans are more resistant to change. The ones that are a bit incelly. And it, yeah. <laughs> I won't use that word. Well, I know what you mean. We have to be honest. <laughs> Proper, like, stands that are ready to go to any length. And even outside of that, like, there's obviously just people that have their preferences. Like, probably, mm. like, as much as I love my intergalactic stuff and everything, I do still like my grounded fight scenes and stuff like that. So I'm very sure I'm not alone in that because although there are people that hate that part of this thing because I saw someone rate, like, Winter Soldier as, like, bottom three in the MCU because of that. If you have Winter Soldier, you're bottom three, then you're just... It's not, I can't help you here. It's just, it's just, there's no saving you. Yeah. So, I mean, you're right. You're right about people having different tastes. Interestingly, we don't know what movie either of the characters is going to go to. No, I do have my theories for this one, but that's that's a separate thing. I was trying to put it together that Falcon and Winter Soldier was supposed to come out, and this is supposed to lead into mm. Black Widow. Mm. There's a shared history with Bucky that has been hinted to. That's interesting. Isn't Black Widow set between? Um, Infinity, no, between Civil War and Infinity War. I don't know if she's dead by the time. Spoilers. But this is Marvel. I did. I wait. I'm sorry. Look again. If I'm spoiling Black Widow's death for you <laughs> in 2021, I, I you're you're on the wrong podcast. If you're this me. far into this in, into this podcast, and I don't know what to do. Quickly, thank you to Obiora Joji Fiacho for giving his thoughts on the Oscar nominations and Obiora Go Watch the Father. <laughs> um, thank you to Imano Pius Ogiji, our resident Falcon and Winter Soldier correspondent. Thank you to our producers, Ibuka Namani, Chinedu Eheji, and thank you to everyone who's listened. The next episode came out later than normal, obviously, because we're trying to react to the Oscar, to the Oscar nominations. And yeah, please come back in future weeks when we're going to be talking about all the films that we most of the films we love from last year many of which just coincidentally and surprisingly made it into the best picture conversation um yeah some great conversations and just some truly truly heartwarming films that we've discussed so yeah see you guys next week um stay safe take care of one another and catch us next episode when we'll be joined by future oscar nominee john boyega Later. Ciao.